0: All right, flowing around obstacles yet again, boys and girls. <clears throat> Time freely at radio underscore com, Tom on Twitter. The radio zeitgeist, the radio zeitgeist on Facebook. Hashtag radio zeitgeist. Global Broadcasting Network. Recording this podcast away from chaos at the house in Hyde Park, without a, my own computer because I have two computers I can't use because of the power cords. <laughs> Twelve thirty-two p.m. this moment. I am burning this genius you are listening to and loving, I'm sure. August 10th, 2021. A Tuesday, right? We found some Matt Taibbi. Again, uh, real clear politics is a good place to learn the memetic spread. Get out of your own cognitive biases. Conservative Republican, future multimedia entrepreneur, billionaire success that I am. Uh, Matt Taibbi is a good Democrat. You want real real journalists are second tier by nature. They're post-tribal. My tabby, Glenn Greenwald, Tucker Carlson does a great job. Almost no one uh, in mass corporate media. It's a national security state. It's got to lock down on all free discourse. My partner, Jim, he and I, of course, for uh, weeks, months now, since uh, spring, have been doing the Clusterfuck Nation Zeitcast Monday and Friday. This is the massive failure of all American institutions across the board. The Summer of Love is now the establishment. Right, in any case, Matt Tabby, Glenn Greenwald, Jimmy Dore is doing good work. M- most of the best work's being done online. Evidently, the wokeness has even captured Rolling Stone, my partner Jim's old uh, gig from the 70s when Jim was out of grad school. So everybody's on Substack now. So here's Matt Taibbi, uh, did this great book called The Divide. This guy's a really great, and whenever he podcast, podcasts, uh, videocasts, I've noticed the last year he's got Roland electronic drums that are collecting dust in my uh, San Fernando Valley drum closet. All right, fellow drummer, drummers are natural problem solvers, to wit. Matt posts on, I'll put this link in the cloud with the show here. Heavy. Substack posted um, yesterday, TK Newsletter on Good People and Bad People. In the trial by headline era, Matt writes, we're quick to judge, but slow to spot real evil. It's a big picture of the governor of New York here. So this piece, Matt begins, I reread Lolita this weekend, Matt writes, as I do every few years or so. Usually when I'm down... uninspired, feeling like I've forgotten why people chose the writing life. I revere the book for a hundred reasons, most having to do with its extraordinarily savage humor, but this time around, affected by depressing thoughts I've had reading news of late. Yeah, (laughs) join the club, friend. I found myself asking a new question. How can I like Humbert Humbert? Vladimir Novikov was obsessed with puzzles, tricks, and ploys. All his novels make treasure hunts, out of his effusive wordplay. We had breakfast in the township of Soda Pop 1001 and his fascination with chess is such an overt theme that one starts to feel the logic of the game everywhere. When protagonist Humbert incautiously dismisses the danger of recording his pedophilic fixations in a diary by saying only a loving wife could decipher my microscopic script and a short time later comes up with his too clever by half plan to rape the daughter by way of marrying the mother it hits us like revealed chick when charlotte hayes really does discover and read the devastating journal the twist was sitting there all along humbert was a laughably clumsy criminal but a flawless narrator whose confessional is a succession of such devious gambits and traps in which he exults in thinking nine moves ahead of his reader judges Is conspiring to trick us into sympathy with the unforgivable another of his ruses, Matt writes? It isn't. In a story that piles word games atop word games, the whole subplot involving Humbert's Dostoevskian opposite Claire Quilty is a chess match, in which Humbert loses his queen, the most confounding plot device of all. The question of how we can not only tolerate but become fast friends with the book's demonic narrator is no manipulation. Humbert Humbert is nearly a purely evil character who not only kidnaps and rapes his darling 12-year-old Lolita, but conspires to have a baby with her and rape that child. His confession is nothing of the sort. He's not retelling his breathless story to expiate guilt. In the Christian sense, the idea would have bored him to neuralgia. That he presents his appeal to the winged gentleman, in quotes, of his cosmic jury as such is another of his chess ruses, In a particularly disgusting one, he recounts the vilest scenes of his crime spree in such ecstatic slow motion that we realize he's conned us, like a serial killer who, having led police to his brutal ground, pants and grabs at himself with pleasure. Mr. Tabby uh, continues, But we're repulsed by that character while we don't feel the same way about Humbert. Even after we realize his game, we keep reading and worse, keep laughing at his jokes. After the first rape, he described an imaginary mural he'd have painted in the dining room of the Enchanted Hunter's Hotel, which to him is no crime scene but a Sistine Chapel of predatory ecstasy. Quote, there would have been a sultan, his face expressing great agony, he writes, helping a Clebgian slave child to climb a column of onyx. There would have been those luminous globules of gonadal glow that travel up the opalescent sides of jukeboxes. End quote. We don't balk at all that absurd self congratulatory over-alliteration, which Humbert flaunts as a way to convey his excitement in reliving the moment. It's that same panting. No, we just imagine it, feeding his perversion by providing the enthralled audience he craves. Matt continues, No story can survive an unlockable narrator, especially if you employ the high-flying 360-tomahawk dunking form of English Nobokov uses. Oddly enough, this was a problem with other Nobokov books with more conventional protagonists. It's a quirk of literature that readers will cheer the Acapulco polysyllable dives of a child rapist, but find the same style pompous in the diary of an inoffensive emigre professor, Nobokov, who famously despised the quote, literature of social intent, might have puzzled at the effectiveness of Humbert as a narrator, but surely didn't worry about it. He wrote that the only discomfort he experienced in writing Olita was sitting, quote, in my workshop among discarded limbs and unfinished torsos, meaning he only cared about whether or not his creations were alive, and Humbert was. The fact that the story worked wasn't a trick. But just had some mysterious thing to do with human nature. And who cared what? It wasn't his job to worry about why. <clears throat> Was he wrong to create Humbert? Matt writes. The woke perspective would say yes, but both the book and the author have oddly escaped cancellation. Nobukov would have roared with laughter to see a titan of middlebrow entertainment like J.K. Rowling set upon by moral mobs while his cackling portrait of domestic evil continues to be taught in universities. Matt writes, As I read the book this weekend, it occurred to me that there might be another reason Lolita survived. In the social media age, our conception of both good and evil has been dulled to the point of where the horror of the book, or where the horror of the book represents, and what it says about the absurd nature of human morality has become invisible to modern readers. The flip side of the woke revolution is that it so trivialized the idea of evil that a generation is growing up unable to see and understand the depths of the real thing. Scan Twitter this morning, Matt writes, and you'll see a smorgasbord of news stories superficially concerned with human ability. The news for years now has been obsessively interested in taxonomic surveys of good and bad people constantly separating one from the other and galvanizing the former to attack the latter who were identified and attacked with machine regularity are Kelly, Brett Kavanaugh, Trump, Flannery O'Connor, Chris Pratt, Trump again, the unvaccinated, etc. The villain du jour, Matt writes, is Andrew Cuomo, whose crimes have been set out in a 165-page report, I'll include the link to that here, that Matt includes, by Attorney General Letitia James, which I had the misfortune to also read last week. In the context of Cuomo's career, it's a bizarre document. There are two, to three flash, two to three flash allegations of genuine crime, a hand up a blouse to grab a breast, an apparent improper promotion of a female trooper as a come-on, surrounded by a mountainous chronicle of gray area, dickishness, inappropriateness, cluelessness, from referring to female staff as "quote sweetheart" or "honey" to Allowing senior staff members to sit on his lap, and holding quote, discussions about the age differences of partners, Tiabi continues. When Cuomo meets his maker, I seriously doubt more than a handful of these episodes will make the first draft of what assuredly will otherwise be a lengthy case for hell. Morally, almost none of it compares to the other things we already know we already knew he'd done deliberately under-counting under rest-home COVID-19 deaths I'll include that link to head off a federal civil rights investigation taking money from Harvey Weinstein's lawyers before halting an investigation in the handling of Weinstein's case keeping a right-hand man who took hundreds of thousands of bribes or any of a dozen other episodes reflecting calculated transgression as opposed to generalized anachronistic horniness Oh, Matt Sumrider. With Cuomo, as with anyone else in the Internet age, the important issue isn't right or wrong, but whether or not he'll survive. Bad people, again, capital B, capital P, bad people, Jim writes, bad people news stories now inevitably devolve into Twitter math contests, where the goal is to topple a career once the right ratio is reached. We see public opinion shifting against Cuomo with 70% of New Yorkers calling for his resignation. If he quits he goes in disgrace, a one-size-fits-all afterlife which is always permanent now. Al Franken, Louis C.K. get disappeared down the same chute as Weinstein and Cosby, and almost no one comes back from the other side, Matt continues. Morality, in this sense, has become a pass-fail exercise, with everyone divided into just two two categories, viable and disgraced. Which of the two one lands in depends entirely on how high levels of public disgust and emotion reach at the peak of viral mania, versus how entrenched the target is or isn't. The thing about someone like Cuomo is he could easily choose to stick out the fear and beat back the bureaucratic assault on his position. If he does, bet on it. Public opinion will change again soon, and he'll be back on cable giving his own insights into the next bad people controversy six months or a year from now. Contrast this, Matt writes, with the experiences of Amy Cooper, also in the news this week, under the link here. The infamous Central Park dog walker became the poster child for cosmopolitan racism. I remember this one. Uh, Cosmopolitan racism, when video of her calling police on a black man, coincidentally named Christian Cooper, went viral in the middle of America's post-George Floyd meltdown. Reporting by Camille Foster, under the link, has since uncovered that important background to the Cooper story may have been left out, perhaps even intentionally, by news media hot for a fitting villain during a national furor. Among other things, Matt continues, there appears to have been testimony from other dog walkers, including a 30-year-old black man that Christian Cooper was a self-appointed leash police oddball who threatened to pick up other people's dogs. It's bad enough... It's bad enough that in the Internet age, the presence of a functioning cell phone camera during 15 to 30 seconds of lamentable judgment can consign one person to a life of infamy, while someone who traffics genuinely evil choices on a daily basis, dumping deg- deadly toxins, or doing PR for dictators, or governing the, st- governing the state of New York by tribute, can still win Man of the Year, or a key to a city with a donation or two. Worse than that, we don't even fact check our past fail reactions to those 15 second outbursts. And when information surfaces suggesting a mistake, we tend to double down instead with headlines like Central Park Karen, Amy Cooper remains unrepentant about Central Park Karening. Not only, Matt writes, are we totally uninterested as a society in concepts like redemption, we revel in the careless, emotional quality of our judgments. People are just bad or good, and the bad are all bad. Nabokov despised these tendencies, Matt continues. His mock introduction to Lolita by the tendacious pseudo-intellectual John Ray Jr., Ph.D., even quotes a Dr. Blanche Schwartzman as a not-so-subtle dig at dunce-cap moralists who see the world in black and white. Nabokov even anticipated the preposterous hand-wringing of the safe space era with the conclusion to Ray's preface, Lolita should make all of us, parents, social workers, educators, apply ourselves with still greater vigilance and vision to the task of bringing up a better generation in a safer world. You have to have a well-developed fear of hell, Matt writes, and some consciousness of what it takes to fully deserve it, to appreciate the humor and poetry of a book like Lolita. And we're clearly no longer the kind of society that thinks much about such issues. Cancellation is a poor replacement for damnation. You know, for a society that spends so much time judging, it's pathetic that we've lost sight of the difference. <clears throat> Good stuff. Matt Tabby, formerly a Rolling Stone. Look for him in a future. Where uh, does that guy? Of course, Jim Kunzler. Used to write uh, long before Matt was there. Jim Kunzler. There during the 70s at Rolling Stone at a grad school Well, Hunter S. Thompson. Again, the guy telling me, Tom... Uh, We can live stream. I only have a couple of Hunter Thompson stories. Tom answers. uh, Jim, if you have one, that's one more than I have now. At Radio underscore Tom on Twitter. The Radio Zeitgeist on Facebook. Of course, the nation coming at you, taking over. Watch out, Howard. Watch out, everyone. Hashtag Radio Zeitgeist Global Broadcasting Network. Oh, yeah. And death to the national security state.